You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. church family. Joe said there was a gentleman coming up here. (laughs) He wasn't available, so I'm going to do this this morning. And I am going to try for the first time that I've tried to use this remote, which means I can change those slides when I want to, which means I can keep you there as long as I want to, right? No, I won't do that to you today. Uh, actually, Joe, Joe, you did something that I was going to do, and that was going to give people a choice this morning of two things. Either greet someone you don't know, or bring me a $10 bill. Which would you have done? You would have greeted somebody, right? I, I would have forced you into it. So I hope, I hope you got a chance to meet somebody different there this morning. We're, we are so blessed as a church to have visitors, and I honestly have to say, apologize that at times I may introduce myself to you and um, because I think you're new, and it turns out you've been here a while, and I have to confess that I should have noticed that. So I'm sorry, okay? Uh, today is our last in a series of five Sundays uh, that we are focused on God's church, our roles. And um, I'm going to have to step back a little bit. And, and do some summary here, uh, and I'll do that. And, uh, but I also, before I get into the specific scripture I want to share this morning and, and talk about the other ministries of our church that have not yet been mentioned by the other elders, um, I want to make sure that uh, those of you that are relatively new, uh, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I sense that some of you have been here less than six months. And so you may not have been here at the time where Pastor Phil Nelson uh, departed and has started a new ministry called Ignite Creative Ministries. Anybody actually looked at that yet? Anybody keeping track with that? You should do that. Uh, Their website is up. And Pastor Phil, the call in his life has been for a long time to go and start uh, a creative worship movement. And he's doing that through Ignite Creative Ministries. And I would trust that you would bless him any way you can. Support that any way you can. I spoke to Phil a few weeks ago. He was here he was actually the disc jockey on Night to Shine here, and uh, it's good to see him uh, healthy and moving forward and doing what God's called him to do. That puts us in a place where we're still needing to get some things done to uh, stay on track. By the way, I'm Greg Dolby. I'm one of your elders here. I've been the, I've been the elder of the current elders. I've been the longest elder. My wife would say too long. <laughs> Uh, I don't think she really means that, but uh, it's, it's such a pleasure to serve this church. And um, I hope that as uh, a church family, um, I don't hope, I know as a church family that we are united and unified in spirit and in purpose here. It's such a good thing to know that. You may have been part of a church at some point in your church life where you wondered at times whether you belonged there or where the church was going. And so it's very important to us that you feel welcome here and you feel that you can participate. And that's really what the focus of our series has been, is about understanding our roles. I'm not sure why we put that upside down. I guess it's reflecting in the, in the water, right? That's the main idea there. But I want to, I want to take you back a few months and then bring you forward, especially for you, those of you who are new, to make sure you understand something here. Uh, 
when Pastor Phil left us, this would be uh, last September, almost six months ago. We prayerfully, and I mean that, we prayerfully and diligently as elders and leaders in the church sought God's direction in our way forward. If you think about this church 12, 13 years ago, we had a founding pastor. Anybody remember Craig Nisley? All right, some of you do. A founding pastor. It takes a certain, can I say, personality to be a founding pastor. You might call that the rainmaker, you know, the guy who gets it going. And then Phil was our second pastor, and in that role, he was in that role for about eight or nine years. You know, and the role of a second pastor is to build on that foundation, right? Not, not to create a new vision necessarily, but to build on that foundation and to glorify God in this body. Hey, is this our church or God's church? It's God's church, right? And so our mind has to continuously be, be wrapped around what does God want, not what I want. But it was important, we felt, last September as Phil was leaving, and he was part of our conversation as well, that we really think about what does this church need in the days and years ahead in terms of a third pastor, because we were moving from founding to second to the next generation, if you will, of ministry leadership here. And as we thought a lot about that, there were several considerations. One was uh, that the church responsibility of leadership in the church is foremost to shepherd and to lead a spiritual formation and discipleship process. That is our role. That's our job. Can I call that a job? That is our job. It's not about all the other things that seem important from time to time. But, you know, honestly, as we looked at uh, the, the role and we thought about the, the, the reality or the challenges of being a lead pastor, one of the things we had to come to a conclusion on and feel great wholeheartedly is that we ask a lot of a lead pastor. We expect him to be everything, to know everything, to lead everything. That's difficult to do. You can't necessarily, you can't make the argument, I guess I would say, that any one man is gifted in all areas. That's not biblical. We're going to talk about that today. And we want a pastor in this church, a teaching pastor, who is gifted in teaching God's Word, who's deeply rooted in God's Word. It's not about him. He knows that. He loves God's Word. He's into God's Word, and he cares about you and discipling you and your spiritual formation more than anything. He doesn't need to worry about the facility. He doesn't need to worry about the kids program directly or necessarily, or the cleaning department, right? He needs to be a man that you can come to and say, you're my pastor, I love you, and I know you love me, and I know God loves us together, and together we grow in that way. So we've been, we've been thinking about that, and over the course of the last five months, we have had all that job posted. If you don't know what a teaching pastor job description is, it's hanging right on that bulletin board back there. It's been there several months. Please read it on the way out. The teaching pastor is a role that's a little bit challenging to fill, but let me, but let me tell you something. I want, I want to really encourage you with this. We have interviewed many candidates for this role, and many have said something similar to what I just shared a minute ago, and that would be this. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in the words of one candidate who said it to me, I've always wanted to be able to do just that, to teach and disciple. But as a lead pastor, I've always been expected to do many more things, and I found that very difficult. So I think the, 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 the men we've talked to about this role are encouraged by that. Now, let me bring you forward to today. 
We have a steering committee here. They are diligently at work. We task them with reviewing resumes and prayerfully considering and listening on YouTube to sermon examples and things like that. And we're pretty far along the way, and we do have a handful of candidates that we're very interested in, okay? In, in, the, in the days ahead, we hope to land that and move forward, okay? I want, I, I want you to be... Uh, I, w- I want you to feel like you can be open in your questions about that. If you have a question, you can ask me or any elder about our status on that. But I feel really good about where we're going. Okay, now, that brings us to, the, to today. And I, the thing I want to re- focus on today in our, in our sermon series as we complete it is trying to, trying to get a firm picture in our minds of what does it mean to serve. Many of you serve. And we've talked over the last four weeks about how the elders have been very intentional, if I can get this to work first, I'll turn it on, have been very intentional about taking personal responsibility for all areas of ministry in our church so that our new teaching pastor is able to be focused. Okay? So in that regard, Kevin Hawley spoke, what, four or five weeks ago? Four or five weeks ago, Kevin? And these are the areas that Kevin's responsible for. Kevin's right here. Kevin, stand up a second in case people don't know you. He's the good-looking man in the second row. Kevin is responsible for prayer ministry in our church and all that that means today and in the future. Now, that doesn't mean he's the only man that prays, but he's responsible for our strategy around prayer ministry and our focus on prayer. For community groups, for the formation and the development of leaders for our community groups. For young adults... And by the way, many would say, many, many surveys say that is the most lost generation in the church today. Young adults. Just look around. How many 19 to 25-year-olds do you see? That is a generation we need to be mindful of. Thank you, Kevin, for your work. And he also does Bible study teaching. That's what Sunday morning at 845 is all about. Okay? This is Kevin's role as, a, as, a, as an elder. And in the, that role, he's focused on leading those areas so that our teaching pastor can be more focused on what he's called to do. Brian Warwick, his, his list is shorter, shorter because his job is kind of bigger. <laughs> he's got responsibility for e-kids. And uh, I am, we are so happy to, to report, as we did a few weeks ago, that many have signed up to volunteer in our e-kids ministry. And I think we have a full team. Yes. Praise God. So that doesn't mean we don't take more volunteers, but our eKids ministry is thriving, and Amanda and her husband, CJ, are doing a great job. They're blessed. And Brian is also a Bible study teacher. So those are the areas they have. And then we have Eric Haig, who's unfortunately homesick today with his family. I think they're all sick today, unfortunately. Eric is responsible for facilities and property. That's, you know, the building and the parking lot and everything in between, and that can have challenges with that. He's also responsible for our safety team. That's a very important thing, too. Our safety team and slash our medical team. Uh, We are very blessed to have people here who can minister in those ways. He teaches Bible study. Joe Francis, who was up here earlier, his area of oversight and ministry leadership is our worship and our tech team back there. Sometimes you don't see them because they're back there, but they're important. And then uh, Joe is involved, along with myself, on men's ministry and in Bible teaching as well. All right, finally brings us to today. This is kind of my list. This is what I'm involved in here as an elder. I, I'm the quote-unquote financial officer for Elevation. If you have questions about finances or where the money goes, you can ask me. 
and I'm happy to answer that, full disclosure. And at our, our family gathering next Sunday, we'll be giving you some more details on that, okay? Uh, I'm also responsible for the ministry leaders here who are involved in our guest experience. That's the cafe, that's the graders, that's the welcome desk, all those important people that are part of that, those ministries. Also, I'm involved in student ministry uh, with uh, Darren and Sarah and uh, Jay and Danae Fanick, Frannick. And then the cleaning team, men's ministry, marriage ministry you may not know much about, but we have a marriage ministry available here. If your marriage uh, needs help in any way, and I'm not just saying if it's in really bad shape, I mean if it just needs help, we have a marriage ministry here that can help with that. Train staff. And then I'm involved in community ministry, and of the ones in community, I'm the most passionate about missions. And I would just add to Joe's comments that if you have any interest at all in the trip to Guatemala uh, next fall, that's next September, uh, come to our lunch today. I'd be happy to talk about that, whether you're going to go or not. There are plenty of opportunities to be involved, whether you plan to go or not. And I've been there a couple times myself in the last six months, and God's doing amazing things, and I'm very anxious to share them. Now, that brings us to today. Why so much focus on serving? It's a little risky what I'm about to share here, but, I, but maybe you can see some of the humor in it as I do it. Uh, I thought I'd start out by saying, what are not the reasons? Right. This is somebody, I've actually heard this. You're talking about serving for five weeks because you're desperate. This is God's church. God's not desperate, okay? Sure, there has been change. People come and go, but we're not desperate here. This is not why we're calling or asking you to consider serving. This is not the reason for it. Number two, I've heard, heard people say because it's expected with membership, and I don't know whether you know this or not. You may or may not know, but we're not a membership-based church today. Uh, many churches are. Membership is something we've considered and may consider, but that comes with privileges and responsibilities and expectations as well. But um, we're not a membership-based church, so it isn't like we're saying, well, because you're a member, you have to serve. And then this one I actually heard a few weeks ago. Someone actually said, because we want to replace paid staff with free volunteers. (laughs) No, that's not what's going on here. And I actually, someone actually asked me this I'm almost quoting it there. Are you just looking to replace paid staff with free volunteers? No. That's not why we're doing it. Not the reason. Um, So what's the actual reason? Let's look look at what Scripture says here today. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function... So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Actually, verse 8 actually goes a little bit longer. I just didn't put it on the slide there. Um, How many of you are... I know one, are Green Bay Packer fans. That guy right there. Okay. Do you have any idea how long the waiting list is to get a season ticket to the Green Bay Packers? How long is that list? Anybody know? 
How many, how many people are on the list to get a Green Bay Packers season ticket? 177,000. That's how long that list is. If you were born today and signed up, you, you, it would take you 200 years to get, get your name called up. In fact, there was a story here not long ago about somebody whose name came up in the early 90s, and after three attempts to reach them, they didn't respond. And so after waiting 40 years, they lost their opportunity. 177,000. Now, the reason for that, this being so long, that fewer than 700 season tickets become available every year out of 38,000 season tickets. There's no chance you're going to get one. And I'm thinking to myself, as I thought about that, wouldn't it be great if the church was like that? If you had to wait to do something, because the demand and the commitment to serve was so dramatic that you had to get on a list and wait. In a sense, that you characterize the church. In a sense, okay? That's an exaggeration maybe of it a little bit. But in a sense, that should characterize the church. Our, our desire to serve, our eagerness to serve should just be like that. 1 Peter 4.10 each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. I underline two things there from that scripture. First of all, what's the purpose, according to that verse, of serving? Others. God doesn't gift us for ourselves. He gifts us. He gives us gifts to serve. It's really that simple. To serve others and in various forms. In some translations it says according to God's manifold grace, which is kind of a maybe difficult concept to grasp wrap your mind around, but it basically means God knows, Teresa, I'm looking at you, so I'm gonna use your name, okay? He knows what he intends for her to do. Well, she does it by the way very well up here on Sunday morning singing. God, every one of you, God has given a gift to serve others in various forms. Some might say, I'm not really good at anything, or I'm not sure what I can do. I think, I think I would argue that point and say, I think you know yourself well enough to know what you enjoy doing and what you're pretty good at. You may, you may not be able to connect that to serving in the church, but according to this scripture, it's given to serve others and given in various forms. This point below here, every good thing we have is by God's grace, his manifold grace. Every good thing we have. I believe that with all my heart. Every good thing we have is by God's grace, by his manifold grace, in various forms for the purpose of serving others. Let that resonate for just a second. Back in Romans, it said it this way, we do not all have the same function that's different than the, the rest of that uh, Romans chapter I read there where it says we have different gifts, functions and gifts. Sometimes we think of serving as a function, and that's not necessarily true. You know, there are a limited number of roles or functions in the church, and although you may not fill a role or function, you can still serve in many ways. I gave a heads up to a few people this week in this audience that I was going to come out with a microphone this morning and ask them a question, and they know who they are, so get ready, because I'm going to do that in a minute. Because I think you need to hear from some of our church family that faithfully serve. 
and they do so with their different gifts. Every good thing we have is God's, by God's grace. Number two, not porting your gift into action is essentially, can I say, a failure of stewardship. Not using what God has given me is a failure of stewardship. When you're given a gift, do you open it? If it's a practical thing, do you use it? I love to get gifts. I'm sure you do too. And you, you would not think of not opening it. You would not think of not using it. It's a gift. It would be irresponsible uh, and weird if you didn't take advantage of that gift. And you may, you may be a new believer, maybe you're not, but you just really struggle with this idea of, I just don't see where I can serve. I, I, I just don't get it. And maybe you're someone that someone just needs to ask to serve because you're not sure where to volunteer to serve. I want you to feel like in this church family, it's a privilege to serve. And it's not really, as believers, as part of a church family, it's not our job to rank the gifts. It's our job to exercise the gifts, okay? And don't ever feel like you may be serving in a role that is somehow not as important as another role. It takes all of it. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. Serving is fulfilling your purpose in God's, as part of God's set-apart people. You have purpose. There's purpose in serving. And we want you to feel that service. We want you to experience that service. It's important. Various forms in this scripture speaks to how we are uniquely equipped to serve. I think with a little effort, we could go around this room if we had the time, and each of you could at least think of one or two things that you really enjoy. Some are front and center. Some are behind the scenes. You know, those are different personality types, right? That's okay. We need a lot of behind-the-scenes people. They are precious. Precious people. And... Again, I think you have, to, you have to come to terms eventually with either accepting or rejecting the idea that as, as God's family, he, he equips us all to do something. And there are some people in our church here, just to pause for a minute, where'd the microphone go, Joe? They're over there. Who I believe are, have been faithful servants for years, and I, I would just like you to hear a little from them. I'm going to go to them. I'm going to go to Phil Sainholtz for a minute. Everybody know Phil here? The court. This is not this is not a complicated question, but I want you to hear the heart of, of Phil Sano as an example. And my question for Phil is really, why do you serve? What's in it for you, Phil? Why do you serve? Well, tell them what, how you serve first. How do you serve and why? Um, well, the most important thing I do is clean bathrooms. <laughs> Everybody like so. clean bathrooms? Yeah. And I. Out and I um, teach occasionally and used to lead a small group, just different things. Like yeah. I was an elder. Um, I just have a strong feeling that this is a family. You've kind of said that before. And I just, I really don't think about the serving that I do. It's just like you're part of the family. You should just do it. I just, it just feels natural. But when I think a little deeper... I think it's also 
just the way we give back, because I feel like I've been blessed immensely far beyond what I deserve. And the way we give our tithes and offerings is just a token of we're saying thanks to God, and I think my service of time is just trying to give back just because of the joy, just because God has blessed me so much. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate that. I love clean bathrooms. You know, I, I don't think any of you would tolerate anything less than that, would you? I'm going to ask Teresa Evans here. This is Teresa Evans. Say hello, Teresa. What, what, what do you do here, and why do you do it? I clean bathrooms. With, <laughs> um, Phil brought me under his wings when I took it over, um, and I hold babies in the back. Um, I don't sing. I can't play an instrument, um, but I can clean. Bruce will tell you I make him crazy. So um, I, I have to echo what, what Phil said. Um, it takes all of us. You know, your eyes do one thing, your hands do another, your feet do another, but it takes everything to make a body work. And I feel, I grew up with parents who served, and so I saw that mm. as I grew up, but it just takes us all, and everything he said is perfect. We're a family, and God has blessed me so much with this church. It's made such a difference in my life, and I just want to give back. And that's, it, it makes you happy, feeling like you're, you're doing something. He said it perfectly. Oh, you did fine. Thank you. Uh, I see him back there. I'm going after Darren near her next. You can't escape me, brother. This is Darren. He almost always has nothing to say, but listen, this man has the patience of Joe because he's responsible for student ministry here. I used to say, God gives us the teenage years so we can let our children go. You know, but uh, brother, we love what you do, you and your wife. And uh, what do you do and why do you do it? So it all starts like Teresa was saying. Um, my parents served. They taught me at a young age to serve. So I have served. I have a servant's heart. I love to serve. But that's because of my parents instilled it in me. So I really challenge all us adults to instill in our children and our families to serve. Um, ultimately, you feel like you're, you're doing something good and you're going to be blessing other people. But ultimately, you really get blessed when you serve. I mean, you, it's just amazing. Um, Something I've been sharing with the students recently is, uh, I'm going to open the verse up real quick and share it with you. How much time do I have, Greg? <laughs> I'm not even going to answer that question. <laughs> Matthew 22, 34. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religion law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, what is the most important commandment of the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. That's why I serve. Loving others, you know, loving students. No, it, it's, it's, it's because I love God and I want to serve him by loving others. Thank you. Uh, I know she's in the back of the room, which means you won't lot see her, but this is uh, Gloria Shelton. And Gloria, you have been a faithful part of our church. Yeah. Why, what do you do and why do you do it? Well, like Teresa said, I grew up watching my mom serve. My mom at our old church mm. cleaned a big church <laughs> with many ladies. Um, and we've done the same thing since we've been married. We've served wherever we've been. I enjoy it. I am part of um, leading the connection team, which we do need volunteers for that. <laughs> and I've been helping with the coffee, which I'm so glad to pass that on this week. <laughs> so I'm not a coffee drinker. <laughs> but I enjoy serving. I enjoy the people. So, Thank you. That's me. Thanks. All right. I can't say it better than our team says it, right? I'm sure you agree with that. I also want to do one more over here. And, and this, these folks in the front row have recently stepped into a new responsibility and partnering with... with uh, you think I'm talking about you just because I walked over here? I might be. This is uh, Jay and Danae Frannick, and uh, they are now getting engaged in youth ministry as well. And I love their testimony, but I just like either one of you, the spokesperson. All right, it's Danae, right? Why do you do, and what do you do, and why do you do it? Um, I, I think somebody mentioned the body of Christ and how if one part's not functioning right, like we all need to function as a body. That's really, really important. Um, I do it because God loves me so much, um, and he's worthy of anything I can give back to him that he's given me. Thank you. All right, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, turn that mic off before I have some interference there. I want to go back to Romans. It's going to test my skill to go in reverse here. No, I went the wrong way, didn't I? Bear with me here. Here we go. Um, This, this uh, scripture here in Romans, <clears throat> I see three main points here, and I think I didn't set them up, but I think they emphasize all three of these points. I don't think that's a coincidence. <clears throat> and beginning with, if you really think about what this is saying here, it's saying that we are all in this together. Paul uses this analogy of the human body. And you, you, know, you know, the older you get, speaking of myself, you know what it feels like to have part of your body not functioning correctly, right? Yeah. The rest, what's the rest of your body do? It just groans and it's tough. It's tough. But this is a, an important analogy because we are part of Christ's body. And uh, those parts need to work in harmony. And when every part of the body is exercised and engaged and serving together, it really works well. 
and I'm, I am, I am, can I say I'm so proud of the people of our church and how hard you work to make that happen. Thank you for your service. This is not any attempt on my part to, to, give, to scold you or say we need more volunteers. I just want you to grasp the significance of what a blessing it is to serve. And, you know, we keep, every, at the end of these last five weeks of, of this uh, sermon series, we, we point out the volunteer card, you know. It's if we're saying, okay, here's the punchline now. Check the box. And although, of course, we want you to indicate what you're interested in, it's more important that your heart get engaged in ministry and not just check the box to serve a function, you know. Serve along, alongside of this. So we are all in this together. That's the first thing I see out of that. Number two, we all have a role to play. All of us. Uh, you, we're not all equipped to do the same thing. Oh, by the way, that's God's design. That's God's design. We're not all equipped to do the same thing. Imagine if we all played the drums. And that's all we did. More would Mark Watson go? He wouldn't be happy about that because he's a pretty good drummer. We don't need another drummer. Praise the, praise the Lord. Okay? We have a role to play, and it's by God's design that we are different. And really, as I mentioned earlier, it's not really our responsibility, and it shouldn't be our mindset to rank the gifts. It's our job to exercise the gifts we've been given. So as we, as we kind of wind this sermon series down, I just want you to really think about, prayerfully think about, God, what, what is it you've uniquely wired me to do? How can I serve? You may or may not check the box today. You may not fill out the card. You may not actually come forward even today in some way and say, all right, I'm, I want to do this or that. Maybe you're still unsure of that. I, I don't know. And we're not trying to compel you to do something you're not ready to do. But, you know, I would like to think that as a church, the majority of us would be serving in some capacity and that we would look forward to the blessing we get when we do so because it really is a blessing. And we will be effective when we all do what we can do. Okay? That's how it should work. Maybe their prayer should sound like this. God, what am I good at? What have you given me the skills to do? How could I use that to further your kingdom? It's, it's really a simple question. How could I use that? And I think keeping it simple is the, the best approach to take, okay? Um, I'm, I'm, back to, I'm, I'm back to a comment I want to make on the missions as I'm closing here, um, I've had a few people say to me, why are we going all the way to Guatemala? Well, can't we do that locally? <laughs> yes, we can do that locally. And one of the things that we are really uh, thinking hard about as a leadership team here at Elevation th this year is how can we be, I was going to say known for, but that sounds selfish. How can we be viewed as a church focused on outreach? You know, it's good to have you here Sunday morning and, and have you feel equipped. But we should be equipped for service, not just our own personal benefit. So we want to be a church of outreach. So when I say the word missions, I'm just not talking about Guatemala. Missions is a call to action on our part to do things in our community. I think of our community, I think of regionally, I think of nationally, and ultimately even internationally. 
And I can tell you, having been to Guatemala a couple times this, this, this past six months, the people down there, in some respects, um, don't want the prosperity that America has. I talked to a couple of college students. I was down there actually last week, and both of who were accepted at, at a university in America and both told me, I don't think I'm going to come because uh, you Americans are under too much pressure. You work too hard. Um, you're chasing something. I'm not sure I want that pressure. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's, that's amazing that Aren't we the place everyone wants to be? I'm not so sure that's true anymore in some ways. And uh, those two students have decided to do a university on a more local level and serve in their country. And I think that's great. We should serve here as well. You know, Blanchester has lots of opportunity in the surrounding community. So if you have any ideas about that this year, of course, you can share. But we are going to be, we're going to be offering some ideas this year of how you can serve in this community together with us as a church. Okay, not for Elevation Church community's benefit, but for the benefit of those in our community who need to be reached. They're lost, and that should be our number one goal, should it not? We're all in this together. Each one of us has a role to play. I didn't say a job or an office. I said a role. No matter how small it may seem to you, would you commit today really in the days ahead, actually, to just simply pray that God would reveal to you that gift he's given you and how you can use it for his kingdom here. Father, we are so, um, we're so privileged to be part of your church. Lord, there is, no, there is no comparison to the experience we can have when we know, because you've given us that knowledge, that we are in your will serving you in a way that brings honor and glory to your name. May it be in every one of our lives today, Lord, that we see what that means to us individually. Amen. I want to leave you with this verse. It's one of my favorite verses from the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 36. And that whole chapter in Acts about the church is kind of about the the lineage of Christ as well, the story and the lineage of Christ. But in verse 36, it says, excuse me, it says an amazing thing about David. It says this, it says, and when David had served God's purpose in his generation, he died and was buried with his forefathers. What sticks out in that verse? When David had what? serve God's purpose in this generation. Our purpose in this generation, in God's mind, is very specific. Don't miss it. God has a purpose for you in your life, which includes a life of service in building his kingdom. It's not the purpose the last generation had. It's not the one the next generation has. It's the one we have. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.